Bible, you can turn to Psalm chapter 139. That would be fantastic. That's where we will be this morning. That's where we will spend our time. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. This is one of those Psalms where, quite honestly, uh, we can read it. And if you want to check out after we pray it, that is perfectly fine with me. And uh, it, who knows, it may even be more beneficial for you. We don't, I'm not sure. But um, as we've been in the Psalms for over four years now, we've been there, um, yeah, for over four years. It was May, uh, it was Mother's Day, 2000, whatever it was, four years ago, uh, 2016, that we started the Psalm series. And so we came here as a church and as um, me as a pastor to learn how to pray, that we might all learn how to pray, and then, and then that way we can just know what God wants to speak into our lives and then go from there. And when I look at the Psalms, I'm first, uh, every time I get to each and every Psalm, and it's been true for now 139 Psalms, uh, there are very beautiful Canadian geese flying right there. Sorry, that's the perks of having an outdoor service, I guess. Um, and I'm looking at these first, when I first pray them, I'm looking them at them as prayers and asking, what is God trying to teach us to pray here? And since I believe that scripture is inspired by God, I believe that God is the one teaching us to pray through the Psalms. Uh, and this means that um, in that, prayer doesn't start with us. It's not something we have to conjure up or, or manufacture, but prayer is something that is initiated by God. We pray because God initiates this for us. This is not something we have to make up. We pray because God first loved us, and it was Him who has always been initiating this conversation with us. For years and years, at least I felt like I was taught growing up, not by my mom, but by churches, that prayer was something that was dependent upon me and something that I needed to do and my ability to pray needed to grow. And yet, as I've, we've been in this uh, sermon series for four years, I no longer think that. I no longer think that. Each psalm that we have here or each prayer is a little different. There's a little bit different history to why it's being prayed, prayed or it says things in different ways, maybe similar ideas in just multiple different ways. And you can pray one of these prayers during one season of life and then get to a different season of life and pray that same prayer and have it mean something quite differently. And I believe this is a beautiful thing. We can even pray one prayer one day and pray it the next day and have it mean something different for us. And that is God speaking into every avenue and aspect of our lives as we lift up our prayers to him. And I firmly believe that the Psalms can change how we pray. Because prayer is not an individual effort. It actually starts with God. It flows to the congregation. And then it flows from there into the individual lives. That it's shaping our prayer life as we let these prayers shape us. And in shaping our prayer life, we're doing far more than we can imagine. Prayer is so much more massive than we can think or fathom. And I have studied the Psalms for about five years now. And here's how I started and I need to remember this for myself, and I think it might be helpful for you guys all to know that this is what I do. When I start praying the Psalms, I pray it, and as I pray it, I have this question on my heart. Why would 
God, why would you have me pray this prayer into my life and into the life of our church? Some of these prayers are easy to see, like this one today is an easy one to see what God is praying into our lives. But we've been, as we've been in the Psalms for the past four years, this is because it takes a long saturation in this idea that God initiates the prayer and we're praying these prayers into our life, that our prayer is not um, limited by the Psalms, but it allows us to have our imaginations opened. And I think that these psalms are helpful for us to see the full realm and depth of, of the fact that we get to communicate with God in this way because he first communicated with us. And if you struggle with prayer, as I have for years, keep praying. Maybe try praying the psalms. Maybe, maybe try praying them out loud, out loud and asking, why would God have me pray this into my life and see what God might do in your prayer life? And with that, we have somebody showing up. Oh, that must be Luke. With that, we're going to um, get into, uh, or let, me, let me share this with you guys so that you guys can see the screen. Let me pray Psalm 139 over us today. Dasa, will you come change this as we go? Oh, Lord, you have... You have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover, over, cover me and the light about me be night, even, in the dark, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. You formed my inner parts. You knitted to me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sands I awake and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. O oh, men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. I, do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, 
and lead me in the way everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. And we can see the quality of poetry in this psalm. It is full of beauty and its robust use of language that opens our hearts and minds to so much more than it is saying. This prayer is cosmic in its scope and personal in its power. It's like God is so big, yet he knows us so personally. God wants us to know that he knows everything. Every nook and cranny of his creation and yet he knows us intimately. This is the opposite of deism. Okay, so deism is actually a pretty prevalent idea or thought, even if the word isn't as prevalent these days. Deism says that God exists, but that he is distant. It's like he set things in motion, and he just left us to our own devices, and he just set up a, a whole bunch of laws and rules to govern the earth, and that he just departed from us. And yet, we can see here that this is not the God described in Psalm 139. God is not distance, and God hasn't left us to our own devices. In fact, the God of Psalm 139, the God that we worship, the God of Scripture, He created all things, yes, however, He knows us each individually and each of us very intimately. He is so close that He knows all that we, He knows all that we speak and all that we think in our, in He knows these things in our lives. And there are times from when the deist kind of point of view seems to make sense, like God just set things spinning and uh, we can just think, okay, yeah, this is what happened. And that's why bad things happen in this world. And yet, and I, I'm fairly sympathetic to this belief system, although that is not what we believe. It could sometimes look that, like God just set things in motion. However, deism misses the nature of God. It ignores God while he is working in this world, not only globally, but individually as well. And, and there is a, a hidden quality that cannot be seen by human eyes in this life that we live of faith. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And as Christians, we believe that God is at work. Even if we can't see him clearly, we believe that he is absolutely 100% at work in this world. And this prayer pulls us out of deism, pulls us out of that idea, and it pulls us into a deeper relationship with Jesus. With Jesus, we have a relationship that maybe it can't be seen with human eyes. There are elements of the relationship that impact the way that we live that can be seen. But just because there are elements that are hidden doesn't mean it's more real. In fact, I was thinking about it this way this morning. My relationship with Jesus is more real than any one of my relationships with you. And this includes my wife, my kids, my mom, and all my friends that I've had for a long time. My relationship with Jesus is deeper and more real and more true than my relationship with y'all. This is because he has been with me longer. He knows me better. He loves me more. He protects me. He found me and he rescued me. And I love that about Jesus. That he is far re more real than anything that we might be able to see 
in any actual relationship. This prayer shows us, again, that God knows us intimately, and yet he still loves us and is active in our lives. He knows everything about us. Everything. He knows when we sit down and when we rise up. He is acquainted with all our ways, and he knows what we are going to say before we even say it. Those who follow Jesus, for those who follow Jesus, this is not some weird stalker person that's just watching us so intently. This is our joy. This is our peace. This is actually too wonderful for words that Jesus cares about me so deeply and knows me so well that as we learn to love Jesus, the more we enjoy this aspect of God. The fact that he knows it all, that he knows me so intimately, actually builds my faith and the trust, and it tr I get to trust in the ways of God, and that makes me want to follow him. And we get enjoyment and purpose and protection in knowing that God knows us so intimately. For God to know everything about us as Christians isn't oppressive. It's actually freeing. We get to submit to his divine scrutiny. We get to submit our ways to his ways as we follow him. Um, Jesus isn't going to force us to follow him. This is something that we get to do. We can see later in the Psalms that God has enemies that don't listen to him. And so obviously Jesus isn't forcing them, although Jesus uh, died for them as well. We can walk in this way with freedom, with faith, and with hope, and that God sees all, and, he, and as he sees all, he knows it all, and he says that he loves us, and that he cares for us, and that he will not let us down, and we get to trust in this. Verse 5 and 6 in this psalm are amazing. You hemmed me in behind and before me. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. God has us. He is protecting us. He is keeping us. This is our God. He is doing these things in our life. And the fact that he's going to protect me is freeing as well. He protects us. We don't have to protect ourselves at every step and at every level. There's things that we can do to be wise and live that way. But um, this means that as we do our daily life, we can trust in God and we can use wisdom to walk forth. This also means that when lies are spoken at us, we don't have to believe them. We don't have to believe the lies that are spoken about us. We don't have to actually defend ourselves either. When people speak evil about us, when they attack our character or assign to us motives that are not actually ours, we can trust that God knows our motives, that he will protect us, and we don't have to defend ourselves. We can let him speak for us and to us in all of life. And we can see in this prayer that God covers so much. We are searched and known by God. Then we get into these hypothetical questions. Where can we go from your spirit? God, is there anywhere I can run where you won't find me? And the answer is no. God is there. God can see us. God still knows us. If we are elated in heaven and full of joy, God is there with us. If we were low and we feel like we're lost and we're in darkness of a pit, God is there and God is wanting to shine his light into our situations. And if we're doing well or not so well, God is with us and God still has us hemmed in on every side. 
The, uh, the idea of God being with us is best seen in Jesus, right? God came down to be with us in the form of man, to be born of a virgin in a town, and, and to be born in a stable, to live with us, to live as we live, except without sin, so that we who know sin so intimately might know a life without it once and for all, once we live with him. He gave up his life to show us the extent, uh, it shows us the extent of how willing he is to come to rescue us. He isn't going to stay dead as they, they nailed him to the cross. He doesn't stay dead. He rises again. He arises in our life. He comes and he shows up in our lives to show us that God wants us, that God is with us. So what if I run? What if I fail? What if I don't feel like I can hold on? What if I'm successful and wealthy? In all this, we can say, Jesus is still there for us. If I run, Jesus will find us. If we fail, Jesus is there to speak words of encouragement. If we feel like we can't hold on, Jesus is there saying, you can hold on, trust me. And if I'm successful and wealthy, we can say that our success and our wealth isn't found in our financial gain, but it's found in Jesus. He is still there for us. He sees us and he knows us and this, none of this would change the way that God sees us. He still knows us intimately and we get to submit to his divine scrutiny and follow him with all our lives. And this is beautiful. And this is where we can trust that God leaves the 99 to go after the one when we are lost. He is our protector, our hope, and our strength, and we cannot hide from God. And in this, we can find great comfort. God not only knows us, He also formed us. The time and days that we live, God knows. It didn't come as a surprise that those of us who are online and at home, and those that are here listening, that we would be, that we'd live in Washington State in the year 2020, that we would be here, that He would give us these friends. None of this comes at a surprise. And not only that, he formed us even from our mother's womb. So as well as my mom thinks she knows me, she doesn't know me as well as God because God is the one that knitted us together. And sometimes we may be tempted to attribute this to um, our, our own development in the womb, to biology or to our parents. However, this psalm is not hyper, hyperbole when it says, God is the one who knitted each one of us together in his womb. He who formed our very life will also keep our life. And again, nothing is hidden from him. And in this, there are great mysteries that are much too infinite for our finite minds. But these aren't mysteries to God. He sees and he knows and he still calls us to follow him. He knows us better than any good parent ever knows their children. And God created the world, but also he created us. And he gives us life. Just as he breathed life into Adam, he is breathing life into us. And yet this is another reason why we trust God when troubles arise. There are those that don't believe a word of what I've said today. So I hope that it's not any of you guys, but I'm just saying. It might be, who knows. But this is another reason. There are those that don't believe this. There are those who hate God who don't fear God, who don't like Jesus or even the idea of the Christ. 
that they think religion is a joke or even worse, that it's just cruel. There are, go, there are those that don't think that there is a God and then some that think that there is a God don't think that He knows anything. And if they believe in God, they, many people just believe that He must be cruel. In other words, there are those that don't believe like us and reject what this psalm is saying. There are those who attack people who believe in Jesus, either with words or with fists or with weapons or with persecutions of many kinds. And there are those who loathe us as Christians. And yet, God is our protector, our keeper. He is the one watching over us. There are some things that are out of control. And in that, we need His protection. We need to God to box us in and keep us safe. At the beginning and the ending of this prayer, we are asking God to search us and know us, to lead us and to guide us, to protect and keep us. We pray this because we believe Jesus is the only one capable of doing this in our lives. We do this because we believe His ways are better than our ways. Or as this psalm prays, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. So high I cannot obtain it so we submit and we follow jesus this prayer is beckoning us to follow him it is a plea that we might submit our lives and follow the one who knows us better than we know ourselves this prayer is not initiated by us but by god just the fact that we are hearing this today shows his pursuit of us and that he loves us he wants us he wants to keep us safe because He knows us and cares for us so deeply. And since God is this good, this is my prayer for us at Grace and Mercy this week, that we may submit to His ways and to follow Him with all our lives. That we trust Him with all that we are and that we can continue to do this as, throughout our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.